Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Pitching In. I'm Jason Mackey alongside Michael McHenry, and you. this is sponsored, as always, by the North Shore Tavern. If you love baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern with its interior dedicated to the history of the Pirates. North Shore Tavern has an array of delicious appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, delicious steaks and seafood served on a sizzling lava stone, which I went there last week and burned my finger, so I wouldn't advise uh, to you to do that. But open every day to the North Shore Tavern as a stone's throw, away from PNC Park in Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. Fourth, did you know that you're not supposed to touch those things? Um, I'm a little kid, so I kind of just want to know how it is. Let's be <laughs> honest. I would have been like... You, you don't. This I was cooled lie. down and I didn't do it on purpose, but I like, oh man, I just singed my finger on a sizzling lava stone. It was not good. So you became the piece of meat. Yeah, a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Uh, and in Very the process, nice. I was a little bit hotter than our Pittsburgh Pirates. At the moment. Um, how do you like that segue there, buddy? Woo! That's, that's pretty good. You're getting really good at this. Did you practice in the mirror? A I was. Yeah, I've been, right. I've been practicing. Good for you. But, yeah. That's what we do. Practicing, flexing, flexing, practicing. Same deal. Same deal. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a lot to break down here, man. There really is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we will add some uh, positivity. The Hall of Fame game I thought was really special. I thought the Pirates did a great job honoring the class of 2023. We'll get into that as well as who we think – uh, might be in the class of 2024. Paul Skeens also made his double-A debut. Neither of us were there, but plenty of stuff to talk about there. We're going to address that just a tad. But right now, Fort, it just, it, it, it's not good. There's no two ways to, to cut it. Um, you know, losing 10-1 to 1 to the Cubs on Sunday night. They dropped, I think, 9 of 10 in, in the season series, 3 of 4 in this series to the Cubs. I'm going to get into some roster math in a little bit, but I just want to roll the ball out there with some some sort of takeaways from this Cubs series. What did you think? It It's tough. I mean, you, you look at our division, Mackie, and you, you think the Reds have really improved. The Cubs have really improved. Yes, the St. Louis Cardinals are taking maybe 15 steps back, but they're the St. Louis Cardinals. The Brewers seem they're to be able to figure it out. Yeah, they're going to figure it out because they're the St. Louis Cardinals, and they're just some arms away. Yeah. So then you have the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I, I honestly sit here today. I love the team. I love the guys. I think they have a pretty good dynamic. It's just like, I don't know where they're going. I, I don't know what questions yeah. I'm necessarily looking to have answered because there's a bunch of them. I I, I want to say O'Neill is going to be our shortstop next year, but if he doesn't play this year, I don't know. Yeah. I want Piguero to be my second baseman, but I don't know. Henry Davis, all these questions are out there. And then you get to the pitching, and that's my biggest concern. I mean, it is, it is, it is tough Same. seeing these guys, you know, go out 
you know, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to save these arms and whatnot, but it is tough watching these guys struggle through these starts. Yep. Knowing that they're trying to figure it out at the big league level. It's just almost impossible. Ford, I'm I'm legit worried about the pitching, man. That that's the number one thing with me. I understand they're banged up, you know, Brubaker, Burroughs. Um, they've had young guys, and we talked about this ad nauseum last week, and I don't want to completely rehash it, but I think it's a really important part of the development here. I mean, they don't have enough arms. They don't have close to enough arms. There are moments in covering this team where I step back and I think, this is year four of a rebuild, and we're talking about Osvaldo Beto, Thomas Hatch, Andre Jackson, Bailey Falter. Something has gone wrong here. Um, and if I'm owner Bob Nutting, I'm looking at this situation thinking like, hey, you guys have had – the tank time you guys have had the period where you're supposed to like find prospects, develop them. Like, I don't expect to have a finished product. I don't think anybody does, but you, it, it's been enough time to have some arms come up through the system and be able to contribute in some meaningful way right now. And that hasn't happened. And the guys that you're counting on to do it, Priester, Rowanzi, Ortiz, it's just not there. And I, you know, I understand and I'll give them a pass that it's a little bit thin because of Burroughs, Brubaker, you're counting on those guys or whatever. But I mean, still, it just, I wish there was more. And I, I feel like, I mean, shoot, I'm walking out of the park tonight and Noah Syndergaard gets DFA'd and I'm thinking, wow, he would actually be an upgrade. He did not pitch well for Cleveland, but he would be an absolute upgrade over the Pirates. And I'm sorry, year four of a rebuild, it should be better than this. Well, you got to think about it like this is <clears throat> I think the hardest part, especially for fans is what's the plan. Yeah. You know, what's the plan to get this, these guys velocity back. What's the plan to get these guys to swing and miss back. What's the plan to get these guys soft contact back. I think that's the biggest question that's coming out of the fans. And I hear a lot because these guys have to have an understanding of what they're trying to do. And it seems like they're really lost in who they are, especially when we walk out on the mountain and then they go to AAA and they dominate and then they come back up and they struggle. And it's like they're putting all the weight of the world on their shoulders when they get up here and then they have freedom down there. And I think if they would just come up here and learn how to compete, you know, live and die with these guys, if it's your guy, bet on him. We did with Keller and look, look where he's at. He's done a really good job. Let me play devil's advocate though. Isn't part of that, that that's the big game that like, that's a hurdle. I mean, that's, that's real. That's what guys have to do, whether it's in here or in Pittsburgh or Milwaukee or San Diego, like you have to figure out how to perform at the highest level. And if you can't, you're going to be out. What's mm-hmm. different about Pittsburgh than other places? Uh, nothing. They're giving more leeway than ever before with guys. Okay. And I, I think yeah, they're I'm allowing – I'm just, you know – No, no, no. I, I think like, you know, back in the day, you had to put up silly numbers to get to the big leagues. You had to do something that was relatively special to get to the big leagues. You had to stand out to get to the big leagues. Now, if you're a top prospect, you're almost guaranteed to get to the big leagues at some point. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about who all got called up this year, right? A lot of guys hitting 250 you know, under barely hitting 800 OPS, you know, guys with a four or five ERA. I mean, it's not like guys are just wowing down in the minor leagues and jumping to the big leagues and dominating. That's the problem is like, I think everybody's really close to that development where they're about to get over that hump. And you, we throw them in the big leagues. They have a hint of just absolutely domination. And then they fall off a little bit. Maybe the league punches back, but then I feel like they get lost in where they're at. And then they're trying to hold on to the big leagues dear life. I've been there. Anybody that's played in the big leagues has been there. You're holding on, and you forget to just go out and do your thing. And I feel like I see that more often than not. And it's a byproduct of having a young team fighting for their life and really not having an understanding of where they stand. I mean, think about it. If you go to work every single day, Mikey, and you don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow, that's a problem. 
you either got to fight like the Dickens and, and take it all and just play the best you can, knowing it's going to it's gonna die tomorrow, possibly. Or Dickens, where did you steal that? Ter- Whose grandfather did you beat that term out of? Mac, I'm a wise soul. I don't know if you know this. Deep down from the South. I, I, yeah. 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 You got to play the Dickens out of it. All right. That's the okay. way it goes. But that's you what I'm saying. In your knickers? I mean, what? what for yeah. I've got my knickers on right now. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. Like I know. Getting extra pressure. And then you're hearing all these voices. And I don't know necessarily sometimes it's good when they go down to AAA and then come back. If they were doing really well, that voice is gone. Yep. You know, and that's tough for me sometimes to really relate to is like, it's your career. You have to own it. And the guys that are having success right now are owning their career and they're becoming in, they're really becoming who they should be. And, I feel like it's it's almost like an egg hatching and someone's being born. Their yep. major league self is being born like Oviedo right now. The dude is figuring out some things because he's competing completely different. He doesn't have to have good stuff. He's still going out and giving us a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more to it than that, though. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that, you know, it's not like they need somebody in the dugout sort of pumping everybody's tires, patting people on the back. Say, hey, great job. Be happy. It's all fun. You're in the major leagues. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, that's, that's not the way it is. Somebody's not sitting in the corner because they're sad. I mean, you, you contribute and you're able to make that last jump because you've been developed appropriately, right? Just yeah, like I think it's the opposite is what they need. The what, opposite. Yeah, like when you, get, when you get to the big leagues, like you, you say bullpen guy, you've never been up three times in a row and then have to pitch the fourth day. In the big yeah. leagues, you have to. All those things. Like, Do you, I though? Think if, Do you yeah, really, yeah. though? Here? Uh, yeah, I've seen guys here. get up a lot. Days. Yeah. Yeah, pitch two days, you get a break. You you do, but that was after they had three days up and down and didn't yeah. pitch. Not and enough. that doesn't happen in minor leagues. If if you get up, you pitch. Yeah. And I think learning that. I mean, Carmen Majinski is a great example. You know, he 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 kind of got hit with that bug of man, I got up a bunch, I didn't get in, I got in, and it's just a lot of different elements that need to be taught more at the minor league level, especially competing wise. And it's tough to do both. You got to find the balance of both. Yeah. I just think too, I guess what I was trying to say before, a lot of this stuff, if you're developing players appropriately and teaching them the proper skills and making sure they're equipped with the, not only the mental lessons, but the physical lessons to punch back whenever the league does something else. If they're, if you're ready to go, you're going to figure it out. You're going to be able Mm -hmm. to overcome obstacles, physical, mental, whatever. If you're allowed to. Yes. If you're allowed to. Yeah, I mean, we can all talk about the process and that uh, what I'm saying is when a player is equipped to be in the major leagues, he's going to figure it out. It's the Pirates mm-hmm. job to equip those players. And I think I'm no baseball developmental expert, but I do know what the Pirates said whenever they blew this thing up in 2019. And that was one of the things that did not sit well with ownership, nor should it, was how they were able to complete players development. I mean, you see guys, Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now uh, that we've been through this discussion and have they really gotten that much better doing that stuff? I'm not sure they have. And I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, before this year, there hasn't really been a lot of clay to mold the clay they're trying to mold right now. I don't think it's, you know, final. You're still in the the middle of this. Like I'm not saying they've screwed up Priester or Ronzi or Ortiz or anything like that. I don't think we know. And I think they deserve a larger sample size, but I also can't say that they've done anything discernibly better than the previous group. I mean, I, I just like name, name one player, one young player who's come up here and you're like, absolutely unquestionably, this dude's part of the future here. I don't Jackson think you can. Speed. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, he's at worst right now. He's Kyle Schwarberg or Max Muncy, both hitting in the middle of the lineup in two playoff oh, teams. Oh, no. Four. What do you mean? He's Dude, 25. He can't hit lefties. I like yeah. Jackson Winston as much as anybody in that clubhouse. I cannot play him every day right now. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he's a guy that so much improved from last year, and I think he'll have one more big burst this year that we'll look up and say, man, 27 homers, 800 OPS, 215, 210, whatever it is. And then next year, if he takes another step forward, because you got to think he was so far behind everyone else when he got here comparatively. He was a write-off. He was a write-off. And I, I really believe – and, and he's a plus defender. He, he's the best outfitter we have. So yeah. that's another thing, well, unless you put Bay in center. not saying a ton. But, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I get what you're saying. 98 OPS plus last year, 107 this year. OPS, normal Walk OPS. Rate, walk rate's up. Chase rate's down, but just barely. And I think he's going to develop yeah, more and more and more. And it's, a tons. Not it's tons. Not It's a ton. But also, like, the mind game has gotten to him. You know, like it's tough when you when you get in there and you hit 300 for a month and then you don't hit for a week and you're out again. That's a tough. You have to learn those lessons. That's part of the growing pains. And I, I always use Mitch Keller. The guy yeah. got more grace than anybody and he became an all star. Jack Swinski is a Mitch Keller type offensively that you bet on because of the way he is in the clubhouse, the human being he is, the work he puts in. Totally and the understanding of what he wants to do and needs to do, but he just can't put it together yet consistently. Yeah. And he will. But his well, bad days are sometimes better than most good. Yeah, and to be fair, I'm not trying to bag on Jackson Winsky. I yeah, 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 yeah. I really, know. really I know. like him. I think he does a lot of impressive things, and I, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be just fine. I'm just saying that, yeah, I, I guess I was a little harsh on that. So let me walk that back a tad. Um, you know, where, <laughs> where, like, people do deserve some grace in this situation. Like, he's hit righties, by and large, very well. Yeah, um, if he was hitting seventh right. in our lineup, we'd all be really, really happy. It's yeah. just the, the, the prior, like if he was Pedro Alvarez, we would be stoked. Right. No, and right. that's, that's kind of right. what I'm saying is like, but he has to have that ability because you have to have the guys around him to do that. And I don't think we have that right now. Yeah. And I guess what I'm, I'm the point I'm trying to make too, isn't even as much centered on him as it is like, you know, we've seen Castro come up here and didn't do anything. Obviously he's with the Phillies. Now we saw Marcano come up here. Really didn't do much. You know, now he's out for the year with an ACL injury. Is G1 Bay a part of this thing? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think so, but I've, I'm just not seeing enough there. And I mean, I think there are reasonable questions that follow the guys below them. Like, is Jared Triolo going to hit for enough power? I don't know. Um, I like Andy Rodriguez a lot. I think there's a lot of potential there, but I think the OPS is like 684 right now. And again, I'm not bagging on Andy, but you know, I, I'm not seeing this seeing like saying, oh my gosh, I've seen enough to know that he's going to be part of this thing. I haven't. Um, I don't know where Henry Davis is going to play in the field. I'd like to think that the bat's going to be there, and I do think they can find a home for him. I'm optimistic long-term. I'm just saying that it hasn't really, you know, knocked me over um, with what he's going to be able to do long-term. So I think that's a discussion that it's actually going to feed into another point I wanted to make for it, and this this kind of explains it. But the Pirates, let me, let me get my notes. i got to read off of this a little bit. I'm going to read some numbers at you real quick because I think it's interesting – where the Pirates are record-wise. Right now, they're on pace to finish 72-90. and 90. If they continue at the same pace the rest of the way, 31 games left, that's roughly 14-17. and 17. That sounds pretty good, and that would be a 10-win improvement over last year. The only thing I don't like is that since 20-8, and eight, they've won at about a 39% clip. 
388 winning percentage, better than only Colorado, the Royals, and the Athletics. That part I don't like. So I'm trying to make heads or tails of whether the Pirates have actually made any progress this season and what we feel good about them having done. Um, you know, we can say Jack Sawinski has been an improvement. Okay. Um, I, I guess the base running is better. They've stolen a few more bases. I think there has been improvement in spots. I like what Johan Oviedo has done. I like the offense that Hayes and Reynolds have been getting to lately. I think that's more akin to what those players can do long-term. I like what Endy has done behind the plate. Frankly, I think that's been fine. But I'm trying to think about other areas where I've seen noticeable progress for it, and I I don't know. Connor Joe. Don't forget Connor Joe. Connor Joe. You're right. You're right. He's been very good. He's been very good. Um, you know, even some in the bullpen, like Majinski has been a nice ad. I, I like him back there when he's mm-hmm. healthy. Um, I buy and large. They stay healthy. I think that's the biggest improvement on our team. By the bullpen? Yeah. Like if, if that bullpen is healthy, we have a playoff bullpen going into next year. I don't even know what it is. I really don't. I well, mean, who, Bednar, Holderman, Majinski, Baraki. Who else? No. Hernandez. in that mix. Hernandez. Nope. Okay. Well, he's your first lefty out. I I believe so. And, and then I would put Barecki right there too, but him yeah. and Perdomo will fight. I think in uh spring training, if they yeah. both stay on the roster, if not, you know, they may try to overpay him to come compete. So yeah. that's, that's something that Sherrington does. He'll, he'll have, you know, guys in AAA making, you know, a big league minimum or a little bit more Miguel Adar be a great example, but that'll start to trend up some to keep guys here so they can stay. It's his MO. So the replacement players or, you know, guys that have big league time or service time. So. But who, yeah. I mean, who else, who else as we talk about encouraging signs or progress or anything like that? I just. Well, Beto's really good at the bullpen. He's a terrible starter, right? Like, so I'm just saying if you push guys out. Well, he wasn't think... good last night. It was not good last night. <laughs> yeah. That was not a good opener situation. You, you went from. Yeah. No. So the opener is supposed to be to where you you put the other team in a odd scenario with their lineup, like to have to like think through how they want to navigate their lineup. We went right, right. And we went a hard thrower strikeout guy to a contact guy. That's yeah. usually not a good combo to the opener. And it's just because we're thin. I mean, we're really, really thin. Um, I like Moreta. Another- Vito's got to throw the ball. He's got to throw strikes. I don't blame. Like I heard pushback from that. People were complaining about why'd they take out Colin Selby? What do they, they don't know how to manage pitchers. It has nothing to do with taking. No, out. no, that was the plan. Oh. It was thrown up that way. Exactly. Throw strikes. You can't walk four into five batter succession. That just can't happen. Yeah. That's on Osvaldo Vito. Nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I say the bullpen's in, in better shape than you think. Um, but with some question marks going forward, but like, I like the back end. Those last four guys I'm pretty comfortable with right now. Yeah. I, that, the, the pace and the stacking of wins and how that compares to other teams sort of got my brain going tonight. So I was looking at, at some of that and like, you know, Baltimore made a really big jump, 52 wins to 83, 21 to 22. Um, Arizona goes 52 to 74 to 85, 85 win pace this season. So, I mean, it's a little bit thin, in terms of, you know, you're looking at similar rebuilds and what the Pirates have done. The Astros coming out of their three consecutive 100-loss seasons, 51 wins to 70. Um, 
So I, that, that's 19. If the Pirates are at 10, I kind of don't love it. But I don't know if I ever expected the Pirates to make a 19-win improvement. I mean, I had 74 wins on my card at the beginning of the season. And if you tell me 72 and 90, given some of the injuries, even with the 20-8 and eight start, like I'm largely good with it. Um, I just wish I wish I felt a little bit better about the pitching, which I think has, you know, again, shown its face here over the last little while. And I just feel like going into the offseason, I can feel good about at least, you know, as things currently stand, I can feel good about who they have available in the outfield. I can feel about feel good mostly about what they have in the infield catching as well. I just the pitching, man, I wish I felt better about it. I mean, I agree. And yeah. It's it's a it's a bunch of question marks, um, yeah. Because a if bunch of guys, that, all schemes, it'll be it'll solve everything. <laughs> yeah, one guy's going to solve everything. But I mean, <laughs> but think about the Cubs, Mackie. And I, I said this before the season about the Cubs. I said there's something to be said about guys that are predictable in this game. Oh yeah, right. They don't have anybody that's like wow, right? Still, eh, Hendricks, eh, you know, uh, Abad today, eh. But they freaking pitch. Yep. They know how to pitch. I mean, you're, you're talking about playing on the corner with the sinker off the plate, on the plate, cutting it off of it, getting on top of the cutter, throw the slider. They understand all the ins and outs how to pitch. They also have a really good catching core with obviously Ross being the manager, but you also have Jan Gomes and uh, Tucker Barnhart that are leading yep. the way that maybe help a little bit. But they have a bunch of dudes that just want to win. And they have guys out in the bullpen that throw split finger 80% of the time. We don't have that. We don't have dudes that are – just going out there, they'll leave your arm out there, except maybe Berecki. He'll pick up the ball every single day, Perdomo. But those aren't guys that are going to be possibly part of the future because they're older. We probably don't maybe care as much about them staying healthy, which stinks, but that's the reality. Yep. But it's got to be an all-in approach. I mean, it really has to be like that or, you know, we're not going to win. That's what the Cubs have that we don't. You know who's going out every single day and starting. And guys that, like Morell, who was a shortstop, they sign a better player. Guess what? He moves to outfield doesn't have to worry about his defense anymore. And all of a sudden he's a power guy. And I yep. think those are the things, if we could say, yeah, we could possibly do these things. It could be a big jump, but we have a lot of guys that have high upsides, but we're not even sure about their floor. That's, that's the scary part for me. Like usually you can say like Jack Squincy's floor. If this is it cool. He can hit seventh and hit 30 homers and drive in runs and be predictable, you know, but I think it'll improve, but he plays great defense. So I, I know yep. that's going to be there. And that's, that's the hard part about a team because that's how you gather up and understanding how many games they're going to win. And pitching-wise, you can't right now. It's nice of Jack to take the individual fan freak-out flag from Key Brian. If you've noticed, like, <laughs> yeah, Pirates yeah. fans have one player yeah. that just, like, needles them a little bit. And yep. now that Key Brian's kind of hitting consistently and you can't really complain about what he's done at the plate, I feel like that's flipped over to Jack. And you have people that are like these vehement Jack Sawinski defenders. They love Jack Sawinski. They think he's going to be great. And you have the other people that think he should be banished to high A. <laughs> and there's like nobody in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like having a rational opinion such as, yeah, he's an okay defender. Um, he's done well against righties. Need to get him going a little bit more overall. Probably don't use him much against lefty. Like that fan doesn't exist. Yep. I don't know what happened. Yep. But it, it's amazing to me that you have like all these irrational takes on one player and it just sort of like changes. So anyway, that usually means they like you at least. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. If they were ignoring him, it wouldn't be as good. So um, all right. How much did you see of Skeens in Altoona? How much have you heard? 
how curious of you or how curious are you of the whole thing? And like, I don't know, Ben Charrington said on 93.7 The Fan today that he would emphasize minor league starts for Skeens in 2023, which is sort of confirming what we all know. Um, how soon do you think is realistic for him to be up here for it? And I'm not asking you, you know, based on insider information you have. I'm asking you based on if Michael McHenry was running the Pirates, how soon would Paul Skeens be up here? Uh, as soon as he shows me he's ready. Oh, that's a cop out. Give me a real answer. I would have started him here. That's <laughs> if, if I owned the Pirates or if I was the GM, I would have started him here. Um, and the reason I say that is because you're paying him more than almost everybody on your team. And if he's going to throw right. one inning at a time every five days, I want him in the big leagues. That's just my personal opinion. You want it the has gate. nothing to do. Huh? You want the gate. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. no, not even the gate. Like, I wouldn't even think about that. I want the development at the level he's going to be. And I don't think he would even understand what he missed. Yeah. And if, he, if you want to bring him down the next year to get him back to his innings or whatever, I just think if you're going to take him one inning at a time, you're worried about the ups and downs and, you know, controlling his innings, you know, that that's just my thought, you know, maybe yeah. every three, three days he throws one inning, he's done. You know, once he hits his inning limit, like, Hey, you're done. Yeah. But I understand their thought process. I just think it's really hard. Your entire life you compete and you've never not gone five innings, you know, probably in your entire life. Yeah. And, you know, this last outing, he couldn't even fight out of his own jam. That's tough. I mean, I know that's tough on him, but it's all part of the learning experience Yeah. of where he's at. I just hope it doesn't get in the way of his growth and potential jump to the big leagues. Yeah. I understand the organization's perspective on that. I do too. hundred percent. It's what 9.2 million dudes at a 33 pitch inning mm -hmm. at this point in the season after having already pitched from LS at LSU, like I'm taking it. I'm sorry. I'm done. Yep. Yep. I get um, it. I get it both ways, but I, I would say like you, you look at a talent and sometimes you're eh, hitting's just different, but pitching wise, like if you throw a hundred and you have plus pitches, you can get outs in the big leagues right now. And there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I would like to see him up here. And I, I know that people will shout me down on this opinion and, and people will, you know, maybe bring up, oh, well, you're wasting a 40-man roster spot. And like, have you looked at their 40-man roster? Well, we're if we were closer, they would. There's there's no way, Mackie, if, if we were at 80 wins, if we were going to win 82, 83 wins, the excitement behind him being here. You think they'd bring him up? I don't think you'd have a choice, especially if he pitched well. Like yeah. he took a bump this time. If he comes out and pitches really good the next two times out in, you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah. Like, cause you're saying we're coming. Yeah. We're coming. You know what I, I mean? Like you're just saying to the whole entire league, we're not holding back. We're coming. I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, and, and I'm, I'm actually okay with what they've done to this point. I am too. I, even you. though, even though I'm not in love with it, cause it's, it, I, I hate holding back that lion. I get it. I know, but that lion's got 122 and two thirds innings on it already this season. And I want that. I need that lion to produce when seasons matter. But there's I no good science behind any of that. That's the problem. Like that's the only reason I don't like it. There's no good science behind innings pitched or anything else. There's nothing behind it. That's good. It's all. I had the, I, we, we talked to Bob friend's son at the hall of fame thing. And, and I guess we can transition over to that, but I wanted to share this with you. I thought it was, great because it, it was my life to a T and I think a lot of people's baseball lives. But he said, I, I asked him about his dad in 16 years, never spending a day on the disabled list. And he said, one of the things his dad always talked about was throwing a ball every single day, mm -hmm. threw a ball from the first day of spring training to the last day of the regular season. 
He could have went out there, started, thrown nine innings, 150 pitches, didn't matter who's thrown the next day. And that was something I was always raised to do. My dad always had me pitch day after a start. Um, I was mostly a reliever in college, but I threw a lot. I threw every single day. Um, I'm a big believer that more is better when it comes to that stuff. And I mean, it's a little bit of a detour with the Skeens talk, but I think it links up because I think we've gotten too careful with some of this stuff. We've gotten too soft and too worried about arm injuries. And often it's not backed by science. It's more backed by fear. And I think we're, we're doing negative things to people. Now, that being said, I, I still would not push Skeens despite my personal feelings, it's just like, you're no, you're going to throw less. We're going to be more conservative with you. It's the end of the season. We're just not taking this gamble next year. All bets are off, but I, I thought you would enjoy that friend thing. We'll link back to the hall of fame. Stuff. I, I absolutely love what you just said. And it's so true. I mean, Max Scherzer does it. There's a lot of guys that throw year round, even on Christmas day, 365 days a year. And there's something to be said because blood heals everything right so getting blood in there and moving your body and having active recovery is really really important you can throw a heavier ball you can throw a football you can do a lot of things but keeping our movement is really important but everybody's different and like what you said paul Skeens, his agent and his uh, group have a great idea of what they want him to do too yep. they've all talked they've all said okay this is a good idea this is a good plan because this guy takes more ownership than anyone i've seen in a long time about his career it's yep. other guys that don't that don't ask enough questions that don't take the ownership. And then it's all put blame on Oscar or message or someone else. When it's re reality is it's you spend more time at home throwing right. than you do, you know, with these guys and that's a problem. So these guys got to take ownership and that's picking the right human beings. And I think they're doing a better job of that. And I think some of the stuff's overwhelming these guys to a certain extent, not knowing which direction to go because they do a good job of opening Pandora's box and help guiding them there. Cause that actually sticks. Yeah. So well said, Mackie. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I love the how intentional Skeens is about mm -hmm. everything. And I mm -hmm. people reacting to two-thirds of an inning in Altoona is absolutely silly. I mean, this guy is going to be a star. I, I love just how he carries himself, how serious he is about everything, how much he puts into this. It's uh, just we're we're going to rehash the entire conversation from last week, but I've just never been more impressed with the 21 year old. You take more like I, shoot. I, I live this in journalism. Like, you know, I'm a pain in the butt to supervise. I think if you would talk to my, my boss, he would very much agree with that. I also put in an insane amount of hours and passion and time. And I care very much. And I think when you push more chips to the table you can wager more i don't Amen. know if analogy works but like no that's well you know, said. When, when when you work your tail off the way Skeens does i think you do deserve some ownership of what gets done and what you do and how things work and so anyway i i was a little bit bummed to hear what Sherrington said that he wasn't going to be in pittsburgh i thought that would be a really neat um event or something that they could do that being said i hope and i took from ben's answer too that it's not going to be very long next season. I think it's yeah, going to be and, and, being and, ready. And I don't think, think about it. Like he's, he's like the dad of the organization, right? I, I think if the guy, Sherrington, like, okay. I, I think if they played well enough and I mean, if they rattled off 20 wins in the next little bit, maybe, maybe it still could happen if he pitches the way he can and we win a bunch of games Yeah, because then you feel the momentum. There's no momentum right now. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, if, ands, and buts, and I don't think you want to throw him in the mix of that at all. 
right now. Fair. Fair. All right, let's close with this for Hall of Fame class on Saturday. This was my first time ever being to this thing. I missed it last year. Uh, but a really, really special event. Well done by the Pirates and team historian Jim Trudenich mm-hmm. as well. Wanted to talk about that. Uh, any thoughts that you know maybe stood out with you, Kent Tecalvi, Elroy Face, Bob Friend, Dick Grote, all of those who were inducted. Um, obviously, Teak and Elroy were present. Bob Friend and Dick Grote could not be, but their families and their were well represented and all that stuff. So anyway, really awesome event. Um, you were there, correct? Or were, did you have I, I, was, I wasn't I wasn't there today, but I was a part of all the, you know, okay. if ands and buts of the, you know, story that was told with AT&T. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We didn't cover the game. Fox had the game, believe it or not. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Bummer. But all right. Yeah. Who, who, who's your favorite among that group? I mean, I have to say Teak. I mean, Teak, Teak I know personally. I mean, but he's Dick Grote, but Dick Grote's story. I mean, he's the Deion Sanders for Deion Sanders. I know. I know. Right. I mean, I don't think people understand that. Like, no, was no, no, flying, no. flying to NBA games, just like it's, Dion was. And I mean, it's it's remarkable. And and here we are worried about rest. This guy was immaculate in two sports at the same time, flying across country. I mean, I you just can't you can't write that up, you know. And he's in like uh, I think today Kinger said five or I think it's eight Hall of Fames. <laughs> he's in eight Hall of Fames. So, I mean, he's one of my new favorite players all time because I didn't know a human being like that existed. So he's like kind of a Otani of sorts, you know, but nobody ever talks about him. A little bit. I mean, just talk about a genetic freak. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. Yeah. And and knew no other way. Right. I know. That's so great, man. And like, I I loved all those guys for what they were like Teak. Yeah. Have you ever talked to Teak about, um, his delivery and like super 70s sports and how they poke fun at his, you know, the like build and the way he threw and the way he looked in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, the I love it. These sports Twitter account. He, he makes <laughs> fun of himself more than anybody. I know, I know, it's so great. It's so, he, he's so smart baseball wise. I love hearing Teak talk. Um, when I did the Pirates fantasy camp in 2020, Teak was one of the most welcoming people mm-hmm. there, which is awesome. Um, another takeaway I had or, or fun thought that I had during all of this was uh, Elroy Face and comparing him. But by the way, Elroy Face's comments were hilarious. We were asking him about like, how would hitters handle your fork ball? And I said, they couldn't hit it just like they couldn't hit it back then. It's not a fork ball, Mackie. What's that? Elroy Face? Yeah. It's you like you tell Elroy Face he's not throwing a fork ball. No, you know how you grab with prongs a steak? That's how he grabs that baseball. It's a joke. That's not a fork ball. He, his fingers are completely spread apart. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like he has a bowling ball in his fingers. <laughs> so I, I, I just love, uh, you know, and, and anybody who's of age who's watching this is probably laughing. But, again, it's just us appreciating people of your generation. Yeah. Somebody with Elroy Face's build coming out of the bullpen. And now, you know, it's all about, like, Kenley Jansen – gigantic men coming into the game and intimidation and you know all this stuff and like here's Elroy face running mm-hmm. five foot six and a half or whatever he is you know? hey, look at Rowan Gardner off rookie of the year coming out I'm sure <laughs> tremendous <laughs> it's great it just shows oh, that like baseball is for everyone it is you know and if you find your your niche and what you're really good at you can take off and I yep. think it's just owning that it's really hard you know, I've heard so many stories recently, Mackie, of, you know, 
parents calling me and they, they want me to mentor their kid that he's a first rounder, second rounder, and he is just scuffling. But you know who doesn't scuffle very often if they get the chance? The guy from the, now it's the 20th round, 18th round, 17th round. You know why? They get left alone. Yeah. They're, they're fighting from day one. They know no better. And yep. they, they get so committed if they have success to what they're doing that they don't leave it. Bednar's a great example of that. Yep. Him and his brother are a great example of that, actually. So it's crazy. All right. All right. Leave me with this. You, Michael McHenry, have to compile the Pirates class of 2024 Hall of Fame induction group, whatever. Who's on it? Who has to be on that list for you? Manny Sanguian. Ooh, catcher. And Candyman and Barry Bonds. Wait, who was the second one? Candyman. Candyman. Okay. Yep. Candelario and Barry Bonds. Okay. Those are my three. I, no I think. Comment? No additional comment. Um. Uh, no, not right now. I, I like it right right where it's at. What do you got? I have two that I think are non-optional. Um, beyond that, I can hear a lot of people's arguments, and we can go back and forth about. Mm-hmm. Candyman or, or, or Sangi or I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that might get a strong reaction. I think they have to do something with like more current people. Personally. I agree. I, I tried to pick everyone that was alive and then everyone else, like the, the people that have passed away, I want to honor their families, but you know, get these guys in there, you know, like it, it's well, really sad sometimes to see, you know, the family being honored, you know, knowing yeah. that they just passed away a year ago. Well, and that's why Vernon law should be number one. For me. Oh, good call. Good call. It's I completely left on him. To me good with call. Vernon Law. I wanted to yeah. see Vernon Law in this class. I sort of understand why not. Um, you know, which is basically like they want to keep the classes around four or under, and they have a bunch of guys mm-hmm. to still catch up on. But, you know, Vernon Law, God bless him, is, you know, in his early to mid-90s, something like that. Like, I want to see him enjoy this. He deserves to enjoy well it. Said. Um, but, you know, Bonds is the second one that I think deserves to be and should be in. I think it's a great time to start a conversation around Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, not just in Pittsburgh, but anywhere. Well, that conversation has been started. I shouldn't say that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm one of those who very much believes Barry Bonds should be in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And if this is an opportunity to talk about that, let's do that. Uh, beyond that, I don't know if I see anybody that passionately. I mean, I, you can certainly put guys in. I'm not going to argue with it. I'd be just fine with Manny Sanguian going in. But, like, those are two that to me, like though this not, not optional, they should have been in already. Um, so yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I love it. I love it. I actually wish I would have said those two. You said, Bond. you said, Bond. I did, I did. And, and I'm very passionate about that. He's one of my favorite players growing up and yep. I'm never going to leave that because what he did was mind boggling to me, you know, yeah. the, the student he was and how, how passionate he was. And this is before I even knew anything about him. You know, I just no loved doubt. watching him play. No doubt, brother. All right. So that does it for us. We appreciate you watching and listening. As always, help us out. Click the link and subscribe. Um, we will be back next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think I will be talking to you from St. Louis. Uh, Pirates head out to Kansas City and then three with the Cardinals. So, Fort, thank you as always. I hope you have a wonderful week, my friend. You as well. Please do me a favor and go interview Zach Grinky. Do not hesitate. Go talk to that man as much as you possibly can. Not tomorrow because he's starting, but the next day, you will really, really enjoy it. Okay. I I, I should, and I doesn't Granky only, only talk in the nights he pitches or something? I heard that, that he's he's not available. He would. He, he probably would. would. <laughs>
Hey, Zach. Let me. I have a bunch of random off the wall questions for you, but Michael McHenry told me to do it. Yeah, you can yeah. tell him that. <laughs> All right. That, that, that does it for us here. Thank you for watching and listening to Pitching In. For Michael McHenry, I'm Jason Mackey. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Good stuff, homie. All right, dude. Nice work. Yep. Nice work. All right. I got to run and pack and catch a 6 a.m. flight tomorrow. So I'm going to be All quick. Right, well, be safe. Enjoy that stadium. I think it's really pretty. I like it too. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan. Absolutely. All right. All right see you, brother. Bye. Bye.